You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Good morning, friends. It's great to be here with you. Please be seated as I read to you from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. One of my family members is always tired. Whenever I call and ask, how are you doing? 99% of the time the response is, I'm really tired. And I sympathize. I remember those days of a house full of children uh, who seemed like an overwhelming responsibility and Never enough sleep. And in fact, I used to say the same thing frequently if a close friend asked how I'm doing. Oh, man, I'm tired. And I, I, that was until one day when my elderly mother asked me that question. And when I said I was tired, she uncharacteristically snapped at me. Don't tell me you're tired. Tell me something good, son. Well, now I get it. I get it now. She had reached the age when... Uh, she really knew what tiredness was, and she didn't have much patience with the, her son who was in the, the prime of life at that point. But people are tired. Whenever I walk the streets of Washington, D.C., or ride the metro, my overwhelming impression as I look around is that people are just worn out. Now, as I look at you, everybody here looks great this morning, so I'm not talking about you, of course. <laughs> but today... We look at the call of Jesus who said, Come unto me and rest. And this is one of the verses that the Book of Common Prayer describes as a comfortable word. A word of immeasurable comfort. And if you read the whole of chapter 11 of Matthew, you'll find that this was in fact a a difficult moment for Jesus. It was a time of disappointment for the Lord. Jesus had just received a message from his cousin, John the Baptist, who was still alive, but he was on death row. And John had proclaimed to the nation that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, the Son of God. But now in prison, John is having doubts. And he sends this question to Jesus. You remember it. He says, is it really true? I mean, are you the one we've been expecting or, or should we wait longer? Jesus wasn't coming up to John's expectations. And that had to be painful for Jesus. And then, just after that, something must have happened to remind him of the fact that, in fact, everywhere he went, people were doubting him. 
and rejecting him. Now we tend to think that adoring crowds followed Jesus wherever he went. But it's not so. People rejected him from town to town. And it was tiring. It was hurtful. It was exasperating. And sometimes I think it just made him angry as well. So earlier in this chapter, a few verses back from where I began, Jesus put that exasperation into words. Listen to what he said. Verse 20. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you'll go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. Now, read that. That sounds to me like someone who is weary and extremely disappointed. But more than that, he could see that when these towns and peoples had turned their back on him, that they were turning towards the judgment day. And unless they repented, they were on their way to hell. This made him very sad. And Peter is the, the disciple who said in his letter that the Lord is patient because he does not want any to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. The refusal to repent. Not, nothing calls the Lord more sadness than that. So he's exhausted. He's grieving it. And who knows? Maybe he was at the point of giving up. We don't know. I just wonder if any of you ever feel that way. When you have honestly been working so hard to do your best, but it's just not working out I want you to notice what the Lord does at that moment it's very instructive he turns from the negative and he prays a very intimate prayer verse 25 at that time Jesus declared I thank you father Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and reveal them to little children yes father for such was your gracious will. So you see, he turns his thoughts away from all those people who had rejected him. And he begins to think of those who instead had believed in him. He turned his thoughts away from what was burdening him to good things. He turned his thoughts to those who were indeed responding to him in faith. And he remembered his father was at work in and through it all bringing about his purposes. Thank you, Father. This is what you are doing. You're at work, and I thank you, Father, that you know what you're doing. He turned from frustration to thanksgiving. And I think that's a good pattern. <laughs> thanksgiving can change your emotions. And then he turned back to the people who were around him, but with a very different attitude now. He, he seems no longer to be worn out and discouraged. But now he speaks to them with great warmth and tenderness. And he seems, he seems to say to the people in verse 27, I wish all of you could understand how close the Father is to me right now and how kind and gracious he is. I wish you could grasp the fact that he's given me all authority and, and no one knows him like I do. My Father's will is gracious. I've been sent to reveal him to you. And then he looks at the crowd and he extends this invitation. So come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. 
let me refresh you. Are you tired, he's saying? Worn out from trying to keep up with all the things that life requires of us? Earning a living, taking care of children, grandchildren, or parents, going to this meeting, that meeting, dealing with sickness, or pain, tired of all the things in this world that are such an affront to God, tired of how uncertain life can be? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on a religion that demands you do this, do that, work at being better and better? Are you tired of trying to live up to other people's expectations? Tired of trying to prove you've got it all together? You really know what you're doing? Jesus says, do you need some rest? Then come to me. Surely this is one of the most tender moments in the life of Jesus. He himself was tired and worn out. But he stopped and he turned his thoughts to his Father in heaven. And then his heart was filled again with gratitude because he was reminded that his Father in heaven had everything in his hands. The Father was completely in charge. And pondering that enabled Jesus to relax and to be peaceful again. And in that moment, the Lord was filled with compassion for those around him. Listen again to what he said. Come to me, all you who are laboring, who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoke, what does that mean? You know, in those days, it was an everyday occurrence to see wagons being pulled down the road by oxen yoked together, uh, sharing together the burden. They could carry large loads. A kind master with heavy work to do would harness two oxen together to make the work easier. Hitch yourself to me. That's what Jesus is saying. Hitch yourself to me. And I will teach you how to work with me. I'm a gentle master. I do not require you to achieve some high level of competence. After all, I came down to you. Now, teachers in that day would call their followers to be yoked to them, to learn from them, to stay with them. And this is what Jesus is saying, not just to them, but to us. Yoke yourself to me. Give yourself, entrust yourself to me. I will absolutely dominate your life, but you'll find rest, rest for your souls. It seems to me that in this life, every one of us yoke ourselves to something. We need to believe that there is something that will fulfill us if we get it right. And we try to find contentment in our work, but we're always striving to do better in our work. If you yoke yourself to your work, there's always a little voice saying that you're not good enough and you can do better. Or, or maybe you yoke yourself to a person. I'm going to love and serve this person, and that's my most important purpose, and I'll find contentment in that relationship 
But even if the relationship is wonderful, there's always that little voice that says, but one day I'm going to lose this person. Or maybe I yoke myself to the pursuit of knowledge. I want to be a scholar. But there's always so much more to know. Maybe somehow I'm yoked to my parents' expectations of me and I'm constantly trying to live up to what they want. For many of us, there's an inner voice that tells us we will not be ever good enough to rest. And there's always more to do. And even when we go on vacation, we're thinking about all we should be doing until we reach a certain age and then you get over that. <laughs> but too often we evaluate ourselves by how well we're doing, how much we're accomplishing. And so as someone said, the quality of my work becomes the measure of my worth. And I never can seem to get to the place where I can rest and feel content and fulfilled, the place of deep spiritual rest where the inner voice of self-reproach is stilled. And Jesus says to me, you yoke yourself to me and I'll give you that rest. What does that mean? It means that the way to real inner peace and rest and contentment does not lie in personal achievement. Proving to myself or my dad or my boss or my spouse that I am capable and I am competent. No. It lies in yoking myself to the Lord who has already loved and accepted us before we ever accomplished anything. I don't have to prove anything to Him. We don't have to be afraid of Him either. He is, in His own words, gentle. He will never abuse us, never threaten us. We can be absolutely certain of being safe and secure when we're yoked to Him. Now, I, I know that in this place you often baptize little children. And what I love most about the baptism of young children is that they bring absolutely nothing to God except themselves. No accomplishments. Only faith that trusts in God's love and babies don't even have that, I don't think. They don't have anything but themselves. Remember earlier when we read Jesus' words about those who had rejected Him? I don't know if you caught it, but He said it was only the little children who were able to receive Him. A little child rests in his parents' arms because that child completely trusts in the love of his father and mother. He hasn't done a thing to earn it. And yet he trusts that he is loved and safe. And there is no inner voice of self-reproach. He rests completely. Jesus does not promise us a life of repose or inactivity. Of course not. Neither does He promise us a life that will be easier without sorrow or struggle. But what He is saying is that when we are truly yoked to Him, we can always find relief from that sense of frustration or from terrible anxiety or the condemnation of a guilty conscience. In the baptism of an infant, we remember that life with Jesus actually begins before we have done a single thing. He comes to us. He receives us. 
And we're always reminded of this when the minister takes the child in his arms and washes him with holy water. That's the beginning of life with Christ. That's the beginning. And the way forward lies in resting secure day by day in his gentle love. Over and over again, challenges and burdens come. But when they do, we don't have to carry them alone because we're yoked with God. Friends, I get tired. Rarely do I ever feel I've finished or done my absolute best. I'm tempted to measure my self-worth by the quality of my work. But somehow, by the grace of God, I learned about resting in Christ. And if my efforts or all my attempts are pleasing to God, however far short I may fall, He can complete the good work that I've tried to begin. The world will carry on, but He's in charge. I'm not. You're not. Rest in that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please teach us to know that we can depend upon you. Help us to understand that your love for us is not based on accomplishments. And help us to learn to rest in you however weary we might be. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.